Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Sport of Kings podcast. On this pod, we are doing a rundown of every derby contender for the Kentucky Derby this Saturday. This is show number 80, September 1st, 2020. I'm Scott Carson, founder of Sport of Kings, and I'm joined by my co-host, Hall of Fame handicapper, Chris Larmy. Chris, has derby fever gotten you in its grips? Oh, definitely. I'm I'm all in now. I've been spending a lot of today looking over the contenders and I'm pretty excited about the race and the whole week of racing great cards on Saturday and on Friday at Churchill so you bet I'm ready to talk about the derby fantastic well um, we're also going to have a guest who is going to join us and he is the national correspondent for the daily racing forum He's been tracking derby contenders all spring and summer with his Derby Watch column on Daily Racing Forum. We are honored to have Jay Privman with us today. Welcome, Jay. Scott, it's a pleasure to be with you guys. All right. Well, you've been you've been talking derby with so many trainers, and you've been following it obviously a lot closer than than um, than we have. Even though we're handicapping it, you're you're living, breathing it every day. Um, any um, any special insight that you think that you might have? I mean, obviously you're going to do it. You can mention it when we talk about the contenders. But um, how do you think that positions you for actually handicapping the Derby, having talked to all these trainers? I mean, it helps a little bit, but I I trust my eyes more than anything else. This year, it's been the most unusual race to cover because of the limited amount of access. Um, I'm based in California. And so at Del Mar, I can't even go into the stable area and I haven't been able to go into the stable since mid-March at Santa Anita. So I haven't seen any of these horses other than when they're on the track for training or racing out here. And that's, that's just a little bit different from how I usually cover the race. I like to see them up close, see how they're developing and, it's harder to do when you're seeing them uh, only for a limited time like that. But fortunately, the trainers have been great through this, not only the ones I deal with out here, but all the ones that I've had to call on the phone throughout the spring and summer, as you pointed out, because of this elongated derby season. And I think everybody understands the circumstances that we're in, and they're really good about getting back in touch with me. And so I can at least try and keep the readers updated on all the developments regarding the race this year. All right, Chris, did you have any questions for Jay before we get started? Well, there's three sort of really unique things about the Derby this year. One, obviously it's being run in September instead of May. Um, and also the new starting gate, I think couldn't have a, a difference, make a difference. It's 
tighter, um, doesn't take up as much room across the track. I think it'll provide some more room for the horses when they break from the gate. And the field is less than 20 at 18. So those sort of things that are a little bit different for derbies over the last 10 or 20 years, do you think they'll have any significant impact on, on this year's derby? I think the the delay of the derby by four months has a real significant impact because these are much more mature and developed horses than they would have been back in May. Uh, Three-year-olds typically really grow up over the summer of their three-year-old year. And as you know, by the fall, they're, they can oftentimes hold their own, at least the best of them can, against older horses. Whereas in the spring, that that's just a notion you wouldn't even entertain. So I think this is a different race from that standpoint. I think these are more physically developed kinds of horses. And a lot of the questions that I think people often have about the Derby in the springtime is not as applicable this year. Uh, you know, most notably the distance question. I mean, for instance, Tis the Law has already run them and won at a mile and a quarter in the Travers. And, and so I look at this race this year because of when it's being run more of handicapping it more like I would the Travers. Uh, it's two weeks after the Travers would usually be run, but I think it's, it's analogous to, in terms of the physical development of the, the three-year-olds, I think they're much, they're obviously much farther along than they would have been, uh, had this race been run back on May the 2nd. I absolutely agree with you. In fact, I think the distance is not nearly as big a factor as it is in May for those very reasons, not just the horses that have already been a mile and a quarter, but even those that haven't, they're much more likely to be able to run their race now than they were back in May. So I think, you know, that's always the big question with the horses heading in. I don't think that's nearly as big a factor. That doesn't mean some of the horses aren't capable of running their best at a mile and a quarter, but I think it's not as, most of them will be able to run pretty well given the distance, I think, much more so than they would have in a typical derby run on in May. All right, well, um, without any further ado, then, let's get started with the field, and we'll start, we're going to go in post-position order, so it's going to be a while before we get to the, the, the major contenders. We'll start with Finnick the Fierce. Jay, what are your thoughts on Finnick the Fierce? Uh, not a whole lot, actually. Uh, I, I think he's been given multiple chances to show whether or not he's belongs at this level. And I just think at the moment he's shown that he's a significant cut below. So for me, he's a contender to be much closer to last than the first. <laughs> How do you really feel? Jay, about Finnick the fierce. Um, I, I would agree, although I don't, I'm not quite as negative. He does finish and he has had some tough trips. So to me, he's the kind of horse that could clunk up at the very bottom of the superfecta, maybe. Um, but that's about the best. I mean, he, the interesting thing about him is he's one-eyed, and I'm pretty sure his good eye is his left eye, which means he'll be completely blinded from the field um, from the one hole. So I'm not sure what that will mean. Um, he has drawn the rail before and ran okay, though. So, Well, I think that... I. I want to like Finnick the Fierce. I want to think that he's got a chance to get in the Super. He ran pretty fast early at Churchill in the fall, uh, going two turns. His first two-turn race was was pretty fast on the numbers that I'm looking at. 
And oh yeah, that, he was actually second in the Kentucky Jockey Club uh, stakes at Churchill. So that was an eighty-seven. Beat Tis the Law that day, I think. That he that's did. He did. Tis the Law lost. Yeah. Yeah, he did beat Tis the Law that day, and you know he did it at eighty-seven to one. I you know I haven't watched the replays of the last couple of races, watching him specifically, but I know that like they they have him breaking slow at the start in his. He threw his head at the start and broke a bit slow in his last race. And that's after he was working out like a demon. Um, and given that he's by dialed in out of Southern Classic, I and he's got the rail, which I know, uh, you know, the post position one's not usually a, a good thing, but it's going to be a little easier this time. I think they're going to have a, a, a space there. Uh, I think he's got a shot to get third or fourth. And, you know, I, I don't. He's just he 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 was fast enough as a youngster, and and then he ran a couple of okay races in May and June. I I I'd say that he's he's the kind he could be like instilled regard who crashes the super at eighty five to one. So I, I I say you know I he's still on my contender list to get in the super. Yeah, although I think you can say any horse could be like instilled regard. <laughs> so. Uh, you know, but you, you're right. I mean, uh, any of yeah. them, you, you get a horse like that, usually and they don't always hit the super, but there's usually some 80 to one shot, although they don't usually go off at 80 to one anymore in the Derby. Although um, that's going to clunk up there somewhere. All right. Well, we know how Jay, Jay doesn't have any further comments on this one. So let's move on to Max player. He's uh, in the two hole. Chris, what did you think about this one? Um, I think, you know, he's a cut below. He could, he could, he's the kind of thing a lot of people will use underneath in the, the super and try. I wouldn't talk them out of it. You know, he seems like the kind of horse that's always finishing, does have some upside. The change in Barnes is interesting. I don't know if it'll help him necessarily for this race. Um, so I just think it'll be kind of a wise guy use, use underneath. I don't see him anyway. He's going to win, but you know, yeah, he could run third or fourth, but I don't think you get a whole bunch of value using him. Jay, any uh, positive thoughts on Max player? I mean, I, I pretty much agree with Chris. I, I don't know that I'd like him to get up as far up as third, but it's certainly, you know, he's, he's capable of it. He's, he's a much more realistic gimmick source for me than Finnick the fierce to me. There's no comparison between the two. I mean, Max Player has run, you know, strong races in both the Belmont and the Travers. Obviously, he was, you know, not good enough in those races, but they were encouraging races, and he was finishing. And I just think he's a lot better than he was earlier this year. I, I thought he was a, a fringe player back in the spring, and when the Derby was going to be run on the first Saturday in May, I, I really was skeptical of whether he was going to progress to be that good by then. He's, he's certainly better now in the extra time that's helped him, but I still think he's got quite a bit to make up on, uh, on, on the top contenders. Well, I think Max player definitely has a shot to get in the super like Finnick the fierce and probably a little better chance. And there's, there's three positives that I will note about him. Uh, the first is since the trainer change, he's worked quite a bit faster. Um, I, I mean, at least at least one workout was the fastest five for a long work he's ever run. Um, and that could just be training style, but regardless, you want to see a horse working well going into the Derby. 
Uh, he was also against the racing flow, uh, the pace numbers in his last race, where they have it uh, being a, a speed favoring sort of speed flow adv- advantage uh, racing flow. So they'll probably upgrade this horse. And, you know, tis the law, obviously, he wasn't on the lead and, and it was the same race. So uh, he might not be good enough to beat tis the law, but he he can improve. And then the third reason is he's really got route breeding. Uh, if you look at his dam side, all his horses, all the horses that are all, all the horses that he's related to are routers. And that's what they were better at. And I also just noticed that Honor Code, who, you know, it, it makes sense that he would be a, more of a distance sire. He actually hits at 18% at mile and an over, a mile and over race lifetime versus 11% at less than a mile. So he might be a wise guy horse, but like at 12 to 1 or whatever he might be, I, I want to have him in there somewhere. Yeah, I, I think he'd be better at a mile and a half than a mile and a quarter. Yeah, too bad the Belmont was only a mile and an eighth this year. Yeah, that probably hurt his chances. That was probably his his best chance. All right, we'll move on to the three-hole, and that's enforceable. Jay, what did you think here? So this is a horse, guys, that I was really high on earlier this year. I, I liked his LeCompte a lot because he made a move, and then he sat, and then he finished the race off well, and he kind of showed the same thing in the Risen Star. And then he just ran very poorly in the Louisiana Derby, and then with the postponement of the Derby, uh, he, he got quite a bit of time off before he came back in the Bluegrass. I thought he ran okay that day. Um, I think he's capable of better. And I do think there's a chance that the pace – could be pretty hot in here with King Guillermo, I think is a bit of a runoff authentic obviously needs to go. And this is the kind of horse I think that could at a giant price get into the gimmicks. Uh, and in fact, for the racing form for which I had to turn in my picks today, Tuesday, not long after the draw, I ended up picking him third. Uh, Cause I just think from a potential race shape standpoint, um, he, he can move up and he's going to offer some value. And a lot of it has to do with just, having liked him as much as I did earlier in the year, there's a little bit of a pull there. Uh, I'm willing to give him maybe one more chance. I'd like to have seen maybe a little more out of the bluegrass, but I think his odds make him the kind of horse that you can use without a whole lot of second thought, just because the price is going to be, I think, right. As opposed to some others here who might be undervalued in my eyes. All right, Chris, uh, what did you think about enforceable? I'm, I'm kind of like, pretty much the same. I'm not as quite as high as Jay is on him, but I do think he showed talent. He had some trips early in the year. I liked how they backed off. And then the, I, I think they were prepping in the bluegrass. I don't think they expected to win that race. Uh, I really think that was to get a race into him prior to the Derby. So I kind of like the way he's been prepared and he is a good finisher and he did show some talent. So to me of the three we've talked about so far, I definitely like him much more than the other two and for all the same reasons that Jay stated. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to agree again. And, and on the numbers I'm looking at, he's, he's right there with max player and a little better than Finnick the fierce. The spacing is good. One thing that I, 
I do in the spring is I look at that final eighth in a mile and an eighth race and, and I want it to be a time form adjusted 13 seconds or less. And he didn't actually do that in the bluegrass, but he did it in the risen star. So, you know, if you, if you take out enforceable's last couple of races and, and then had him in the dirt, you know, if you just kind of cover those up, he would be one of the horses that would be being bet today. So I still have to watch. I have to focus in on him in the, uh, in the replay department, but yeah, he's, he's also a threat. The only, the only thing is since we all kind of like him, I wonder what price he's actually going to be. I don't know. We'll have to see, but I think he'll be better. He'll be better value than max player in the tries and supers, I think. And I think he's a better horse. So. Fair enough. Let's move on to the four storm, the court, Chris, what do you think about the two-year-old champion? I think he was precocious and he ran a big race on the right time and his peers have passed him by and, um, his, his running style is not going to help him in here. I just don't see any way uh, of, of the horses in the race. He's one I just think is a no-hoper. And I wouldn't use him in anything, um, any kind of bet. So I'm not very high on Storm the Court. All right. Well, he is doing he, – he does have the turf to dirt angle, which, which, uh, which the trainer is pretty good at, shows a lifetime profit at. Jay, what did you think? Yeah, um, I don't like this horse at all. I think he's been completely mismanaged at this point by his ownership group. Um, you know, he's a horse who clearly showed in the Arkansas Derby and even in the Ohio Derby that he was that he had not progressed from two to three at all. Um, he's by a Breeders' Cup mile winner, and so they moved him to turf, which is something I had written about in one of my uh, analysis of his races earlier this year that I thought it was worth giving him a shot on turf. And he ran well. He ran a good race in the La Jolla handicap behind a very good three-year-old grass horse and smooth and straight, smooth like straight. So now you found a home for him on the grass. The Del Mar Derby is this weekend on the grass. So what do you do? You ship him to Louisville to run in the Kentucky Derby. You know, good luck. <laughs> well, I have to say that storm the court, he fails on my metric of, having to at least finish the final eighth of a nine for a long race in 13 seconds or less. He hasn't done that even in the Ohio Derby. So, um, so I will not worry about him. The next horse is the five horse. It's major fed. Jay, what do you think? He's another one of those horses that falls into the, yeah, I'm going to throw him into the bottom of gimmicks kind of horses. I, I think he wants to be held up and allowed to make one run. Um, he did that in the Louisiana Derby. He just wasn't good enough, but he ran okay to finish fourth that day. He got an incredibly awful ride in the mat win. I mean, he drew poorly, but when you draw 10 of 10 going a mile on the 16th, you, you have to do one of two things, either go or grab and, and tuck in. And he did neither um, and ended up getting caught horribly wide. And to me, the race was a complete throwout. And then he came back on in the Indiana Derby and I thought ran a good race again, encountering some traffic trouble that day. And I think if, if Graham rode him that day for the first time, and I think if he employs the same kind of strategy to grab him and just make one run, he, he's, he's not, he's not good enough. He's not fast enough to be 
a win or place candidate in here. But uh, I think if the race shape is fast and a lot of horses are backing up at the end, he's, he's going to be clunking up and passing some horses. So that's the prism through which I could use him. He's one of those horses that, Oh, actually it's, it's, I'm sorry. I, I, Chris, what did you think? Sorry. <laughs> um, I pretty much echo what Jay said. I, this horse always gets bet though. So I don't think he's going to be valued. I mean, he's slow and he always gets into trouble and he could clunk up, but I know he's 50 to one on the morning line to win, but he's kind of like max player. I think he's going to get over bet. Uh, he'll be one everybody's using in the tries and supers. So, but he could get in there. I, I mean, he, he's definitely going to be a price to win. And I think he has no chance to win. But for some reason, this horse gets a lot of blub at the windows in all his races. And he just does, he's never really done anything to deserve it, um, I don't think. So I'm kind of negative on him, but I, I agree. You know, he could finish third or fourth, um, especially if he gets a right setup and he gets a clean trip. But you can say that about just about any of these closers in the race. Yeah, he is. He is only a maiden winner. Maybe it's the breeding because it's smart strike, a, a smart strike broodmare and ghost zapper on top. I, I don't know. Um, and, you know, he worked out. He had a pretty sharp workout the other day. So, you know, I've seen a little bit of chatter about him. But I think when push comes to shove, if you're going to zero in on the super, you might have to exclude this one. All right, the sixth horse is King Guillermo coming off a pretty long layoff. Chris, what what did you think about him? Well, this is the first horse we're going to talk about that I think has a legitimate chance to possibly win, and he's really he's one of the few real contenders. I know the layoff is going to scare a lot of people off, but his the best race of his life was off a similar layoff in the Tampa Bay Derby. I don't think he's a runoff at all. When I watch his races, He's perfectly content to stock. He sat in the pocket against Nadal and Wells Bayou in that Arkansas Derby. He stalked um, in the two path in the Tampa Bay Derby. I, you know, to me, he's going to get a perfect trip. He's going to stock authentic. He'll get first run at him. I don't think this is going to be that hot of a pace. I think Authentic's going to get the lead and control the race, and King Guillermo is going to sit off him. Um, there's not any runoff speed in here. Um, I think it's going to be, it won't be a slow pace, but I don't think it's going to be hot. And I think he's going to get a good trip and he has a chance. Um, and if it's at 20 to one, I think he has, there's some value there. And I certainly think he could hit the exact or the try. So I, I like him quite a bit. I'm a little biased because I liked him the Tampa Bay Derby. I didn't pick him to win, but I thought he was a, a really solid long shot contender. And I just have kind of liked him all along and I don't, this is modern trainers love being able to, you know, to uh, come in off a layoff into a big race and train their horses up to it. They gave him some time off. He's just fired bullets in every workout. Um, I think he's one, it's really a dangerous horse in the race. Um, and because of the layoff, I think he will get some value. And maybe you can't get a horse ready for 12, uh, for 10 furlongs off layoffs, but, you know, I, and this is 2020, and I think trainers are, are pretty good at getting horses ready off a of freshening like this. So I'm pretty high on King Guillermo. All right, Jay, do you f share this, the same enthusiasm as Chris? 
I'm not as high, but I, I definitely respect him. Um, you know, his Tampa Bay Derby race was wild. Um, he just ran like a, a freak that day. And his Arkansas Derby was perfectly fine. It was a solid effort behind, behind the horse who might have been the top-ranked three-year-old in the country uh, as of the original Derby day back on May the 2nd, that being Nadal. So his form is good. Um, he has a he had a strong series of works at Gulfstream before even leaving to come to Churchill, and he continued to fire bullets there. They took a little bit of the edge off last week when he had his final breeze, but that was a kind of a controlled breeze. And, and even uh, afterwards, his gallop out was a lot stronger. Um, he's he's fast, uh, and he can carry a speed. So he's he's a horse I respect. I just don't know if he's going to be able to work out extricate himself from where he's drawn to get that kind of trip that you'd want to ideally outside of uh, authentic and, and, and then come on because that that's the way he's run some of his better races when he has stalked when he's not running off, like he did uh, in, in his maiden win, which was on the grass. Uh, he wants to be able to, to sit in a, in a good spot and, from where he's drawn, a lot of horses are going to have to fold over. He's going to have to be used early to get out there. And I just don't know how that first quarter mile is going to play out for him. But I, I respect him because he's shown in the Tampa Bay Derby that he can run a big race, as Chris was mentioning, off of a big layoff. I agree with the two of you. you know, his workouts are pretty sensational. And you just noted Jay, the, the, that he was working out fast at Gulfstream too, which, which I hadn't noticed. I have to look at all the workouts, uh, not just the last six to see that. And he ran a 47 bullet first out of 118 on July 4th. So I, you know, the only thing is I think maybe Mike Battaglia got a little carried away with the morning line because it's the derbies. People are going to be betting other horses and they're not all going to be 20 to one and higher. So I think this horse has, you know, chance to be one of the wise guy horses that gets bet down a little bit, twelve or fifteen to one. Uh, I guess we won't know that until until the odds start happening. But um, but I agree, he's a contender. Just one note on him to kind of get to what we had talked about early on: that horses have developed a, quite a bit from May to September, three year olds. So if you look at his speed figures, people will look at those numbers. And you've got to project that if he's developed like you'd expect him to off the layoff, he's going to be able to run faster than he did prior to the layoff if he fires. That's a big if, obviously, off the layoff. But, I mean, that's something to keep in mind. His speed figures are – you need to bump them up some. He's faster than he looks if you just look at the, the figures he was running back in April so and in early May. He ran a 99 buyer in March. And that's a lot higher than many of these horses. And that was in March. So would it be crazy for him to run a 110? No, it wouldn't. Well, maybe 110's pushing it, but he definitely can run fast enough to win the race, I think, if he fires. Okay, we'll go to the next horse, who is Money Moves. And I believe this is Jay's turn to start with this one. Yeah, this is another one that I just you know, don't think belongs. Uh, obviously, these are owners who were eager to run, but you know, 
to quite the spot to make your stake debut with a three race resume. Um, so I just think they're biting off quite a bit here. And uh, I would be shocked if he was anywhere in contention when the race ended. Chris, uh, any love for money moves? No, he's a derby fever entrant. That's all I can say. I haven't seen, I haven't seen like the sheet numbers on this horse yet, so I can't say, but he looks sort of interesting to me. His, his dam was a stakes winner going, uh, anywhere from five furlongs to seven furlongs and the seven furlongs was at Delta Downs. So I think that was a two turn race. So there's some quality breeding there cost almost a million dollars. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but, um, uh, you know, the first two turn race was the last race and ran a 98 buyer. I, I, w- I would give that one some love. Um, I, I would at least give it some super love underneath. Okay. Well, it won't, he, I, you'll, he'll be getting the love from you. He, he isn't getting from me then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just going to have to love him twice as much. <laughs> yes. Three Good times luck. if we include Jay. <laughs> All right. So, all right, let's move on to the next one. Who's, uh, this is, uh, total derby fever. It's South Bend. Chris, what did you think? I agree. I mean, it's derby fever to win, but I think this horse is as likely to clunk up as, as many of the others. Uh, I think he has improved. Um, and the, the barn switch is interesting. Um, you know, to me, he's one that could clunk up. I, he has no chance to win, but you know, maybe get fourth and hit the super. I think he has, and he'll get completely overlooked. This is one I don't think will be a wise guy in the tries and super. So you will actually get a little value if he could be, you know, clunk into the superfecta. So, you know, I would much prefer using him to someone like Money Moves or Major Fed or Storm the Court. So. The famous thing about, about the famous thing for, for South Bend for me is how many people bet him on the turf he was like three to one in May. I, that was re- weird. Jay, what did you think about South Bend? I don't think he could have had a, a more favorable trip than he did last time in the Travers. Um, he was able to get through on, on the inside, saving ground, not a straw in his path, and was nine and a half lengths shy of Tis the Law and still a couple lengths behind Max Player. And so I just don't see him having the the talent to be able to be good enough here. I mean, you know, I guess you could use him as a clunk up kind of horse, but I, I don't even know if he's good enough for that because I don't think he can get as good a trip as he got last time. And even with that, he was only good enough to, you know, split the field fourth out of seven. So um, I think his best hope is to maybe set Derby history by somehow running second the winner gets taken down and Bill Mott gets put up for the second year in a row. <laughs> but I don't see that happening. Probably highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. Yes. Well, I, I would, I would toss the horse also, except that, um, that Chris thinks he's got some kind of a shot, um, you know, makes me think twice. And uh, I, I a shot maybe to clunk up for four. Don't, okay. Don't. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. But you know, I, whenever I see brush gate in the comment line, 
I have to watch the head on because often the brush gate is actually like scraped the gate and, and that can really affect a horse. So, uh, he's a toss, but pending, um, pending replay work. And also I haven't seen his sheet as well. The next horse is Mr. Big News. And Chris, what did you think? You think, you think he's got any <laughs> shot here? <laughs> um, I, you know, not really. I don't, I don't have much. I mean, he is, he's got good distance breeding. I'll give him that. He's bred to run all day. If it was a two mile race on the turf, I might be more interested. Um, or if it's on a sloppy track where he ran his big race, but on a fast track going a mile and a quarter against these horses, uh, he's a big stretch. I mean, they all could maybe clunk up, but, uh, he's not one I will be using. Jay, any thoughts on Mr. Big News? So I actually like him a lot more than South Bend. Um, it, it, you know, if you're, we're just sort of comparing apples to apples here. In fact, I picked Mr. Big News fourth. We had to send in a top four, and I just wanted to take a shot with a horse. And I would encourage you guys to watch his trip in the bluegrass. It's really bad. Uh, he had trouble early. He, had, he got stopped going down the back stretch. He got shuffled back at the far turn. He just never had a fair chance to show whatever he could do. And I don't know that he can do much more than, than that. But he didn't get his chance. And because of that, and because he's been a big price in all his races, he should be a, an astronomical number uh, on Saturday. And I just think he offers a lot more value than some of the other horses we've been discussing as clunk up potentials for the super. Uh, I think he had a trip and I think he's capable of out, significantly outrunning his odds on Saturday. If Mr. Big News is under 30 to one, it'll be big news. <laughs> I actually, you know, I wasn't thinking very highly of him, but, you know, considering that you watched the replay and he had a terrible trip, I, I do think it's important to watch every horse's last race at, at, at a minimum, unless they're just you know, ridiculously slow. Uh, so I will watch that replay. I, the, the only positive I have, you know, he won the uh, Oakland stakes at a mile and an eighth in the slop, but he was also close from way out of it. And it was like a, a 100 racingflow.com CFR number, closer favorability rating. Uh, so, so if he was ever going to run well, it was with that, like that, that kind of closer bias. But, um, but you know, the last two weeks, Chris has talked about horses having bad trips and, um, both times the horse won. So, and, and, and both times at halfway decent prices. So, so I'll take another look at him for sure. Yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, Jay makes a good case for him being a possible clunk up. So yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with that, especially if somehow, I don't know what the forecast is. The last time I checked, it would look pretty good weather-wise. But if the rec track did come up muddy, then you definitely need to upgrade him because that was the best race of his life by far was that race in the mud. So, All right. The next horse is Thousand Words. And we'll have Jay start with uh, thoughts on this one. I don't really know what to make of him. Um, to me, until his last race, he was storm the court part two, uh, a good two-year-old who had just not really progressed 
uh, from two to three, even with that victory in the Robert Lewis. It was a low-rated race on figs by comparison to what you need. And, you know, he was clearly second best to Uncle Chuck in the Los Alamitos Derby. He was no match for him. And then he comes back and trains like a freak at Del Mar after getting down there and and beats Honor AP. Now, granted, that was only going in a mile and a 16th, but um, the, the hallmark of this horse early in his career was a real uh, will to win and, and, and being a fighter, even if he wasn't a fast horse. And he had that fight back in, in the shared belief, which he didn't have in the San Felipe or the Oakland or Stakes or, or the Los Alamitos Derby. The thing that I'm, I just can't wrap my head around is how fast the fig was in that race. It didn't look fast visually. To believe it, you have to believe that he improved and ran far and away the fastest race he's ever run, that Honor AP ran as fast as he did in the Santa Anita Derby, which, you know, visually it certainly didn't look like he ran as well as he did in the Santa Anita Derby. And that the third horse, Kiss Today Goodbye, ran a fig that was far faster than what he had done previously. So I'm very skeptical of that 104. Uh, even though it makes sense in terms of what the final time was and what the buyer guys do. Um, he's continued to train well since then. I don't trust him. So that's kind of where I'm at on thousand words. All right. I'm going to opine before Chris because he's got some connectivity issues. I actually, I didn't really like that last race that he ran and he, I don't, it just, it looked like it was a four horse field Honor AP hit the gate and that had to affect him. Um, he was on the inside the whole way. So if he gets a one, you know, he got a one Oh four great, but I mean, he had the easiest trip you could possibly have. And yes, he did fight, you know, he had to, he had to dig down, but my impression was like, he was just scrappy and he, he was just hanging on. So, you know, he, he trained like a monster going into that race. And then, and then he won that race, and that could be the peak. So, I'd have a hard time including this horse. And I, I also, you know, unless he gets an easy lead, which he's not going to, I don't think. Um, then, uh, to me, he's a kind of a a good toss from the super because he is Baffert, and he's going to take some money. The secret with him, I think, is he's got to be in the race from the start. He doesn't have to be on the lead, but they've got to put him in the race. So I think with Giroux, who's an aggressive rider on the dirt, they're going to put him in the race. You know, I think he'll be sitting there stalking the leaders. And, you know, he might put some of that grit and fight that he showed earlier on um, on display and, and hang on for a piece. That's the way I think of Thousand Words. Yeah, and I, I actually think that, that that it might be a fast pace because you know there's always some horses that decide to try to to gun it in the Derby. You know, there's 18 horses, and I think that's only only the only way he really has a shot is to be close to the lead. So I think he can help foment a quick pace, and I also um, I I I think he's you know his. His broodmare sire is Pomeroy, so I know Pioneer of the Nile on top, but um, you know the the dam was a sprinter, so so I just I I think he's up against it. And as 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 I was mentioning while you were having connectivity issues, Chris, I think this is a horse that you might get some value excluding from the super. 
Yeah, possibly. I don't love him at all. I'm just thinking that he is seems like a horse that is kind of on the improve after going sour and the connections um, know how to get horses ready for this race. So I, I would have a hard time leaving him out um, completely, but I do agree with you. He probably doesn't offer any value. All right, let's go to the next horse. Uh, another classic, we need derby seats. Are they even letting owners in? They I, are. I, okay, right. So <laughs> you're going to have plenty of room with those derby seats. Uh, owners exclusive of seating. Yeah, <laughs> very exclusive. Owners of Necker Island. Uh, Chris, any thoughts on Necker Island? No, uh, derby fever horse. I don't have anything positive to say so i'll just leave it at that jay anything anything to mention on necker island no i mean he's i think he's shown he's a cut below this group of horses and you know his last couple races at a mile and an eighth he's been losing ground through the stretch in fact you know most of his races um going around two turns he's been losing ground through the lane and i don't think he's going to be well served by running against the best of the division or going f a farther distance than he has previously. Yeah. He has never won at two turns, which, um, I don't know if that's ever happened. Uh, Derby winner won first time going two turns or, you know, it was their first win at two turns. The next horse is Sole Volante and Jay. What do you think about his chances? He he's one I'm really confused over. I, I like his Sam Davis a lot. Uh, I, I really like the way he finished that race off. I thought it was a, a, a fast race for the time of year. I thought he ran a good race in the Tampa Bay Derby behind King Guillermo, who freaked that day. I didn't take much stock out of his allowance prep when he came back at Gulfstream. It was just a complete setup for him, and I thought he did what he was supposed to do. The race that just I don't I, I just can't wrap my head around is the Belmont. He was awful. He added front leg wraps. He was completely dull. And now we haven't seen him since. He's mostly been working on the grass uh, since then. And it's just hard for me to endorse a horse based on what I saw last time, which was a poor effort with a negative uh, change in terms of wearing the front leg wraps. So I'm against him. Chris, do you have anything um, kinder to say about Sole Volante? Yeah, I, I don't disagree with what Jay said. I, I think he's definitely a horse whose future is on the turf, but he has run some good races on the dirt. And the leg wraps are concerned. I didn't realize that. I know he ran a clunker that day. And all the recent turf works, to me, if they're working completely on the turf, that probably says there's some issue with feet or something that are in that makes it easier for him to train on the turf. So all those are negative, but positive though, is the horse can close. Uh, he's probably got the best kick of any horse in the race. So certainly to me, he's one that could clunk up um, or he could run dead last, but I'd say he's the one who definitely has that kind of turf turn of foot uh, when he turns it on. So of the closers, he's probably got the best kick, big question marks, but, you know, I to me, I I would use him before a lot of the others in the you know underneath play. Yeah, I I like Sole Volante. I mean, looking at his numbers, 
I, I was impressed with his good races. I liked, even though I guess it was a bit of a setup that allowance at Gulfstream, it was a pretty powerful win. And the Belmont, it was a complete toss. I mean, he was running on 10, 10 days rest off a big number for him. But if you just put your thumb over that race, he's he's a contender. And he's a horse that was fast as a young three-year-old who, if he's improved at all, uh, he's definitely got a shot to crack the super. And uh, as far as him training on grass, I've noticed that this trainer, being Cone, he does a he does that a lot with a lot of his horses. He'll train them on grass. So I think he believes that it's kinder to them in general, even though running in the race, you know, running in the race is different than training because uh, running in the race is it's only one time, right? Um, so I I I'm going to try to use him somehow and see if I can get a little bit more of a handle on his breeding because um, he only has. I don't know. I, you know, King Mambo, Caracanti. I'm not sure about that breeding. It doesn't scream distance to me right away, but maybe, maybe it, it is. I mean, I'd have to do a deep dive and talk to somebody who knows more about it than me. Well, I think he'll be a really good horse on the turf. I think that's where they'll end up running him after the triple crown run. And I think he's got a lot of talent and uh, he could make some noise in the turf division someday. All right, let's move on to the next horse who is hold on, I'm in the I'm in the sibling PPs section. The next horse is attachment rate. What did you think, Chris? Well, this is my super long shot value play for the Derby, attachment rate. I really like him. I think he actually has an outside chance to win, which some people may laugh about that, but I definitely think he's the one that could blow up the exotics. Uh, maybe even run second or, or third. I thought his last race was really, really good. He got hung out wide, really wide on the first turn. He was stayed wide on the second turn, and he still finished way ahead of everybody else. And what I really like about him, and I, I noticed this because I was watching these replays and I was really watching other horses, but I kept noticing uh, this horse on the gallop out was always galloping out ahead of the winner. And he, he galloped out ahead of car, Art Collector in that race at Ellis. He had a tough trip. Uh, the prior race at in the Bluegrass where he had some trouble and he made this middle move on the inside on a day when the rail was not good. And then he kind of spun his wheels a little bit and flattened out late, but then again, he galloped out past everybody, including Art Collector. And if you look at the race prior to that against Maxfield, you know, again, he had not a good trip. And again, it, it kind of seemed like he was spinning his wheels late. He just couldn't accelerate with the other horses. But again, he galloped out way ahead of everybody else. So to me, this is a horse who the mile and quarter is really going to help him. His last race was a very good race. And um, I'm not a Dale Romans fan typically, but his horses tend to run in Kentucky and he's had long shots like the tote before in the Derby. So, you know, I'm really high on this horse. I really think everyone is just completely going to overlook him. I think he's after the top two. Um, 
or three, he's as good as anybody, and he's capable of improving off that last race. And that last race with a good trip, I think, um, you know, he could be right there. So to me, you know, my value play in this race is the 13-horse attachment rate, and I'll be using him quite a bit in my wagers. All right. Jay, do you share any of Chris's enthusiasm? Uh, some of it, not not all of it. He's he's more bullish on him th- than I am. But I do agree that his last race was a, an excellent effort, far and away the best performance of his life. Uh, as Chris mentioned, he was very wide. And I, I just liked how even despite all the ground loss that he had, that he, he continued to keep to his task through the lane and even through the wire and galloping out. So that was that was far and away the best race he's ever run. If he can run back to that, he, he definitely can can get into the gimmicks. I don't think he's a long shot win candidate. I, I just think too many of the top horses would have to regress and he would have to continue to improve sharply to 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 do that. But I certainly can see him being in the gimmicks. The the thing that tempers my enthusiasm a little bit about him is I wasn't as high on his couple previous races as it sounds like like Chris was. But we're we're both in agreement that he had a trip last time and he ran well despite it. And if he can put two alike together, um, he's, he's definitely a horse who can, who can get into the gimmicks. All right. Well, I, I mean, the only negative to me is that the, he got a really big number in that last race. And the question is, will he react to it? Now it's been four weeks. So, you know, maybe that's enough time and he's, you know, he's developing and he, he's never really reacted badly to any of his races. I mean, he's, if you look at his buyers, you know, they're all in the lower to mid nineties and then, you know, he just keeps on improving. So, you know, given that I'm, I'm definitely going to take a look at those trips and gallop outs because I've always liked him a little bit, but I just haven't actually, um, zeroed in on him in in any race so so definitely worth a a second look on that one yeah i i think definitely watch the replays watch the gallop outs that's the part that caught my eye initially where just he's never he never has and and i that last race wasn't his fault wasn't like he made trouble he drew an outside post and he just got hung really wide um and he just couldn't get back inside so he was parked wide all the way around and, you know, with a, a better trip, I think he could have actually given Art Collector, would have made Art Collector work for the win. Um, and if he can make Art Collector work for the win, then he's good enough to compete. The only horse in here, maybe maybe two horses in the race, you could say, you know, that, that's not good enough. But everybody else, that means he can beat them. So, you know, to me, I think he's a really strong play in here. The 50 to 1, you know, I don't know how many horses would actually be 50 to 1 in the Derby, but. He's one I don't think anybody's going to give much of a look to. So he's not a clunk up type. So, you know, I don't, I, I just think he's the value. So I'll, I won't say any more, but clearly, you know, to me, he's the horse that's got me, you know, the most interested from a real long price standpoint. All right. The next horse is one that probably is uh, succumbing. The owners are succumbing to Derby fever. It's winning impression. Jay, what did you think about winning impression? Not a whole lot. Um, and I don't know how anybody could. His races are poor. He has no business being in the race. Uh, 
I, I second that. I, I second that. I don't have anything good to say. <laughs> well, the, <laughs> I, I mean, I, he's like, he's one of the slowest horses in the race, but <laughs> you, <yeah. laughs> you can have a big trifecta underneath. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, go on. It's Dallas Stewart. And, um, I, I kind of like the pattern. I mean, I, I kind of like the pattern on his races. He, he ran, uh, on May 2nd, I don't know which, which race it was that he ran in Archie Derby. Um, yeah, I guess it was the Charlatan race. That was his best race. And that was at a mile and an eighth. And he ran, well, no, it wasn't, <laughs> but no, yeah, he did. He, it was a mile and an eighth. Sorry, I, I, I'm I'm a little unprepared on winning impression. Uh, I don't know. I you know, look, Dallas Stewart. He'll probably get play because Dallas Stewart always gets second with thirty to ones, so he'll probably get a little bit of play. I don't know. I'm gonna uh, I'm not gonna completely toss the horse. I, I'll spend a little time with him because he ran pretty fast as a young two year old. Uh, you know, as, uh, you know, late in his two year old year. <laughs> the, I'm just you're looking at his pattern. It's going to cost a lot of money with yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If you're using this horse, he must be I well mean, funded. He was set. He, yeah, he was hey. seventh by thirteen and seventh by eleven in his last two races without really any excuse. I mean, I don't know how that's a good pattern. I'm trying hey, to see how that. It, it's a dime eighty scooper. buyer. That's what. That's that's what <laughs> yeah. yeah Hey, look, he's, he's definitely poised to run a 105 Saturday. <laughs> it, it's a dime super, so we can go all, 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 all. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Uh, look, I still haven't done the real serious work, and and we'll 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 be back on with our final opinions on Friday. At least uh, Chris and I will. Uh, the next horse is a very interesting horse. Uh, it's New York Traffic. Chris, what did you think of him? Yeah, he always he always brings his race. I mean, he's, he hasn't been winning, but he's been running solid seconds to pretty good horses like Maxfield and Authentic. So, you know, to me, he's a contender. I don't know if he's going to win, but, you know, definitely he's in that, uh, you know, upper third of the contenders. I mean, he's not in the top tier, but. He's definitely a lot better than a lot of these no hopers like Wayne Impression we've talked about. I mean, he's a legit horse that could hit the board. Um, I don't have anything real positive to say about him, but I don't really have anything negative. He's solid. I think he's another horse that is going to, I think the pace is going to be pretty swift in this race. Jay, what do you think about New York traffic? He, I admire that he, he, he runs a good race every time. I mean, it's, it's very rare that he, that he has thrown in a clunker. In fact, his last five races have all been good races, even if he didn't win. And he ran, I thought very well in, in the Haskell. The one thing about him uh, that, that concerns me is that if the pace is a little bit quicker then I think it, you know, I, I think it'll be quick or quicker, at least you and I, Scott, I think are of the opinion that it might be, a little bit quicker than, than Chris thinks it's going to be. And New York traffic has yet to really face a pace. He, he's been in races that had, I thought, fairly soft to moderate paces. And I just don't know how he will react to that if he has to be faced with it. Um, but I respect that he runs well every time they lead him over there. 
and I can't fault anybody who you know would use him in any of the ways in which you can use a horse in this race. But I I just the 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 pace is what makes me a little bit uh, apprehensive about him because I just wonder if how he'll react if if it is quicker than you know than I think some people might think it would be. Yeah, I I mean, the more I look at this race, the more I think it's going to be pretty fast-paced because you've got Authentic all the way on the outside. You've got New York traffic on the outside. And he likes to be just off, right, just on the outside. And and he's now going to have to let Authentic get ahead of him and then, like, get around him. Um, So I, I think he's maybe a use in third and fourth, but... I probably, when push comes to shove, when I when I start formulating my bets, I will probably have to excise this one. Uh, but certainly, he 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 fits on the numbers. I mean, the the Haskell number was good, and you know, he I, I had him in that race, and I was begging for him to get up over authentic, and he he didn't do it. But um, but he he made a he made a really good try. And, and another question with him, I guess, is the mile and a quarter. I don't know that the breeding says he's going to win at him, you know, that he's going to do that well. I mean, cross traffic was okay, but he, I think he was a middle distance horse and uh, out of a Graham Hall mare. I don't know. It just doesn't scream mile and a quarter to me. I don't agree with it. I don't disagree with anything you guys say. I mean, if it is a hot pace, it won't help him. And he's not as quick as a horse like Authentic. We saw that in the Haskell. I mean, he, he had to work to to keep up with authentic authentic's going to get the lead unless they do something crazy um in fact i think he's going to make a beeline towards the inside right out of the gate and i think that could create some problems for tis the law right at the start it'll be interesting to see how that works out i don't think uh because uh, i think there's definitely authentic's going to be crossing in front of tis the law um early so it'll be interesting to see how that part plays out it does seem that bob effort probably isn't saying to his jockeys, make sure you keep it straight out of the gate. Um, <laughs> that conversation just doesn't happen. I, I think, uh, any, uh, I, 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 I guess we, we can move on to the next horse then who is one of the contenders. He's the second choice on the morning line. It's honor AP. What do you think here, Chris? Am I up or is it Jay? No, I'm not sure. <laughs> I, I'll let Jay wait. I think it's Jay's sh- turn to go, so I'll let him go first. Uh, sure. I mean, you know, he he's an obviously a win candidate for the race. Uh, to me, he's no worse than the second best horse going in. Um, he's a horse. If you followed my Derby Watch stuff, uh, you know, I've been very high on him. Even going into the Santa Anita Winter Meeting back in in December, he was a horse that I featured in my three-year-olds to watch and you know all he'd done then was was win a maiden race and he's done nothing since then to dissuade me from the opinion that he's an elite member of this class uh i really like the santa anita derby win and you know the shared belief to me was was uh even though the fig is the equal of the santa anita derby i don't think it was as good a race and but there were reasons for that uh it was over a much looser delmar track than he's trained over since then track has tightened up over the month of August. Um, and it was at a distance that I think is short of ideal for him. He wants every part of a mile and a quarter. Uh, he, he will not be backing up through the lane. He will be, he will be coming on. 
the only thing that I think is uh, a concern is that he's a big, long striding horse and you can't get him stopped. And because of that, he's going to have to stay outside the whole way around and he's going to have to surrender some ground and maybe he'll be good enough to overcome all that and still run down to the law, but that's, he's going to have to lose ground in this race uh, because of the way he runs. You can't take a shot and go inside with him because he's not a horse who's going to get going again quickly. If you have to start and stop on him with the, the way his physical build is and the way he runs, but he is a legitimate win candidate in this race. All right, Chris, what are your thoughts on honor AP? Well, you know, and anybody that's listening to the pod knows that this has been my pick to win the Derby since he was a two-year-old. So I, I can't get off him now that we're about to, to have the race come up. I, I thought that his last race, it was just strictly a prep. They had to run him somewhere. They stayed there at a distance less than he likes. He got slammed out of the gate by Baffert, um, uh, the Baffert horse on the outside. Uh, you know, he, it was just a prep. And he got what he needed out of it. I think the real honor AP was what you saw in the San Anita Derby. I absolutely agree with everything Jay said. My biggest concern is Mike Smith riding the horse with a long stride. He's going to keep him out of trouble. I just hope he can keep him out of trouble on the two or three path, not the four or five path. If he does that, he's not going to win. I, I, um, I actually think he has a lot more tactical speed than people think. I think he has more tactical speed than tis the law. And if you look at, time form pace figures and their pace projector they all agree with me i'm i don't i think tis the law is going to be behind honor ap early and i think tis the law will be wider than honor ap because that's a horse they definitely want to keep out of trouble they have a target on their back he's already shown he wants to be on the outside he's got a a a jockey who hasn't won this race before so a lot of pressure on him and they think they're much the best so they're going to have him parked really wide, which I think is one of the, the reasons why he's vulnerable. I just hope Honor AP doesn't get that same trip. I'm hoping he's a little far, he's in front of Tizzala and inside of him, and I think he can beat him. If he's not, then he probably won't. I'm going to have to agree with you on, on all your points, and I just watched the replay of his last race today. And he was really slammed. It says knocked into rival in the in the in the running line. Well, he was kind of that doesn't really do it justice. He was pretty much slammed and then and then you know pushed into the rival. So yeah, complete toss race. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. It was only four horses. He was like third the whole way. He ended up galloping but galloping out better. And then I watched his last race. Uh, the Santa Anita Derby and boy, did he look good in that race? I mean, he looked really smooth. You know, this guy knows how to train John Shreffs and I think he's going to be ready. I mean, he's won a Derby before with, uh, uh, um, uh, starts with a G what's his name again? Giacomo, Giacomo, Giacomo. Um, and with Mike Smith. So I, I think he's, he's, probably more the horse to beat than tis law. Uh, certainly he's, he's on a par with tis law. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. And Mike Smith did pick him over authentic. I'm, it's not a shock, but 
that is a, a Baffert horse that just won the Haskell. But in um, uh, he, you knew he was going to stick with Honor AP. Ran him in, with, rode him in the Sandy Derby. But I mean that. I mean, think about Mike Smith. He he drives me crazy sometimes. But he is a big race rider, and um, you know he's not going to be uh, you know stressed out or intimidated or anything by the other riders. So that's a plus. But I think the trip is really important. The trip between Honor AP and Tizalox. I think they're definitely the the two horses that are it's going to come down to probably. And I think that it'll really come down to the trip. I, I'm, we'll get to Tizzle in a minute, but you know, I don't think he's the lock. Everybody thinks he is for, for quite a few reasons, but um, uh, you know, definitely those are the two horses that are the most likely winners, the honor AP and Tizzle Well, we'll give you a chance to talk about Tizzle because it's your turn next. All right. Well, I, I, I kind of tipped my hand. He's definitely the horse to beat. I don't uh, disagree, but I don't think he lays over this field the way everybody else seems to. Um, he's going to be four wide probably throughout. And giving up that kind of ground, it, you know, he's going to have to be that much better than the field. So that's number one. Uh, number two reason I, I think he's vulnerable is he's coming off a race that his connections really wanted to win. They wanted that Travers bad. They're local Saratoga people. They didn't win with Funnyside, uh, the Travers. They wanted that race bad. They, they they had this horse ready for his best, and he ran a mile and a quarter, and he comes back on, on a shorter rest than he ever has off a race they really wanted to win. So he peaked. He has peaked. Whereas you get like Honor AP, who was – strictly prepping in his last race and the target was the derby and i think there's a that makes a big difference that doesn't mean tis the law can't run twice in a row but i mean i'd always want the horse that's targeting this race as opposed to a horse coming off a big effort in a race that they were targeting so um that's you know the wide trip and you know coming off that peak effort those are two two really big reasons why i think he's um, vulnerable. And also, you know, he can only beat the horse he faces, but you know, he, none of the horses he's faced are even in like the top five or six betting choices in this race. I mean, I think max player is probably the best horse that he faced in this race. And I don't think he has max player has any chance at all to win. He's probably not going to finish in the top, you know, six. So he hasn't really beaten anything and he's been able to kind of boss these fields with stocking trips where he could, stay within close striking range without having to use any energy and this race he's going to be in against some genuine speed horses that have some quality like king guillermo and authentic so to be anywhere near the lead like he was before he's going to have to use a lot of energy plus he's going to have to do that with a wide trip or if he doesn't he's going to be farther back than he typically is and again he's going to have to use more energy with that wide trip to get into contention when they turn for home. So, you know, I just don't think he's been battle tested at all. Um, you know, at least honor AP had to face a, a good horse like authentic um, and he beat him. Um, so I, I, to me, Tis the law is a really nice horse and he may turn out to be a great horse in hindsight, but right now I don't think he lays over this field, at least doesn't lay over honor AP. Um, and you're going to get at least five times the price on Honor AP, and a horse I think has as good a chance to win as Tis the Law. So, to me, that's 
the way I see the race. All right, Jay, your thoughts on Tis the Law? A lot similar to uh, what Chris was saying. Um, I still think he's going to work out a good trip. I think he has enough contending speed that he'll work out a trip, and he want, he definitely wants to be outside. I actually was really, from a gambling standpoint, was hoping he was going to draw inside because I, I, I think he would have been extremely vulnerable with an inside draw. He has shown uh, in his races he just doesn't like being down there. But I think the, the draw came up well enough for him. Um, you know, he, he may have to go wide, but I think that's what he wants to do is, is to get that, that just off the pace kind of trip. And I think he's got enough contending speed to do that. We know he can handle the distance. I've seen tapes of his races going into the Travers and coming out of the Travers. He doesn't look to me like he's taken a step back at all. Um, you know, there's certainly the questions about Churchill Downs, but I think there were circumstances that day that were not because of Churchill Downs. Um, but, you know, he's coming back in four weeks, which he really hasn't done before. So there's there's a couple of things about it, you know, all, all of which are things that, you know, from a wind betting standpoint are unacceptable. But in terms of, you know, trying to mine out a, a try or a super, you know, he's obviously, I, the thing I agree with Chris is, uh, to me, he's one of the two horses who can win this race. Uh, I, I just think, you know, I, I know Chris is higher on King Guillermo than I am, but um, you know, to me, it, it, I think it's either going to be Tis the Law or Honor AP. Well, I'm going to echo both of you gentlemen and say that I think he's going to be tough. You know, the thing about Tis the Law, he overcame a lot of trouble in other races. So he's, he's, he's a fighter. And the, the one race at Churchill I had is, um, you know, he was stuck inside in tight the entire trip, and it was a it was a slop fest. I mean, it was really nasty. Uh, so, so he's done everything right. And the one time that he was given a chance to lose, I mean, uh, it was really the it was it was the only time it like was so clear that like wow, like he could lose this race, and he did. But I also agree with Chris that the last race did certainly seem like that was like the coronation. Right. And it was all about that moment, the Travers. And I, I think they won't have any regrets if they lose the Kentucky Derby because they got the Travers. But, um, you know, when, when I saw him win by five lengths, I was thinking now I'm going to get, now I can bet against his law, but on the sheets anyway, he, he, he actually didn't run his best figure, but, that doesn't necessarily mean it still wasn't a peak. So uh, I will try to craft something with him. You know, I'll craft something with him in there, but we'll, uh, we'll see. I mean, um, so yeah, like he seems like a must use. He should be able to get a halfway decent trip. He's faster than most of these at the same time. Wow. I mean, it's the scene of his only defeat and, it's psychologically, it's got to be really tough on Manny Franco. And uh, I'd just be a little worried about him all the way out there outside of Mike Smith. Yeah, I mean, um, it'll be interesting to see how that race unfolds in that first quarter of a mile. What Mike Smith tries to do, what Manny Franco tries to do, and what Johnny V tries to do on Authentic. Because it it will be really interesting to watch that first quarter of a mile. I think a lot of the 
the race could be won or lost in that first quarter. Okay, well, we have one more horse to go, and that is authentic. And I, it's weird how I can't remember who went first every time here, but um, <laughs> uh, why don't you go ahead? For, I think it's your turn, Chris. Uh, okay, I'll go first, even though it really is Jay's turn, but that's fine. Um, authentic, I think, you know, I talked about uh, Baffert, although you might not have heard what I said. I mean, to me, Baffert, you know, he really tightens the screws on his horses before the Derby. And this horse, I mean, he is pounding on this horse. He had two really rigorous workouts five days apart um, leading up to this race, which, you know, he's, I don't know if this horse looks like he's distance challenged maybe, but Baffert's doing everything he possibly can to squeeze out that extra eighth of a mile. Um, and I know you guys think the pace is going to be fast. I, I'm not convinced it is. I'm not saying it won't be because you just never know what riders are going to do. But I'm, I'm telling you that typically in 2020, riders don't. They usually, if someone sends, which I'm sure Johnny B is going to do with Authentic, they're very reluctant to, to, to press. They're, they're, they're much more comfortable stocking. That's just the way the riders ride. And I and that's happened last year in the Derby, in a, pay, a race where I thought there was a lot more speed than this race. So I would not be surprised at all if Authentic can control it on the front end. And um, I don't know if he can get the distance, but you know Baffert is the one guy who might be able to get this horse to get the distance. So I, I'm not saying he's going to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if he did. Um, I don't think he's any value, and I'm not going to bet him to win. Uh, but I think he's definitely one of the horses that could, you know, be in the in the you know, try or super and possibly even the exacta. So you know, I, I think he'll get the trip he wants. I don't think the post hurts him at all. In fact, I think it, it kind of um, makes decision making a lot easier for that horse. And he is very quick if he breaks well. If he doesn't, then it's a whole different story. And he has, doesn't always break really well, although he did break um, sharp in the, the Haskell. So that's kind of where I am with authentic. Well, it'll be interesting to hear Jay's thoughts as a Californian. What do, what do you think about authentic, Jay? So he's a horse that, um, you know, I've written quite a bit about in the road to the Derby recaps of all his races. And I've just been very skeptical of him being able to get anything beyond a mile and an eighth. Uh, and I remain there. Um, I think it's going to be a, a, a struggle for him. The post to me is, is good for him. Uh, I agree with Chris on that standpoint. I, and I do think that he's going to be sent away. Uh, that's, that's what you have to do to give him his best chance. And it'll be very interesting to see what kind of opening 30 yard tactics John Velasquez uses vis-a-vis -vis, uh, the law uh, right next to him uh, as they come away from there and, and then go on. Um, I just don't think that this horse wants any part of, of a mile and a quarter, but the, the I've seen his workouts. I've been out there at Del Mar to, to watch what he's done recently. And he's really trained impressively coming into this race. Uh, in the last 17 days, he's had workouts of six furlongs, six furlongs, a mile. And then his most recent work is listed at six furlongs, but it was really seven. Um, he has, one thing about Baffert, and, and Chris alluded to this a moment ago, 
he trains his horses, uh, not just for the Derby, but just in general. But when it comes to the Derby, you know, a lot of these guys are just happy to be in there. And he's not. He, he trains to win. And a lot of guys just sort of baby their horses thinking, well, at least I got into the Derby and the rest is gravy. That, that's not where he's at. And that's why not only has he won five Derbies, but all five of his Derby winners are so fit. They've all come back and won the Preakness because they're, they're fit. And whatever this horse can do, he will show on Saturday. You know, he scares me from the standpoint of how well he's trained, but everything I've seen from him in his races indicates to me that that last furlong is going to be his undoing. Yeah, I think, you know, when you're looking for value in, in this race, the value is probably in tossing authentic right out of a super. Um, now, I've heard interviews with Bob Effort where he said, like, that there's a lot of it depends on the owner, too. And so he's giving this horse every shot to win. But it looks like it's the my race horse, like part of the ownership is my racehorse, which I think is a, a pretty public syndicate. Um, so, you know, he, they might be going, even though, even if Bob Baffert doesn't think he's going to win, um, they might just be going to just sort of give everybody that's in that ownership group uh, the thrill of having a derby starter. And, and really there's no reason not to, he hasn't proven that he can't run a mile and a quarter. Uh, but from the outside, I don't know. Yeah, you know, I was just scrolling through the the racing form, and I think the 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 way New York traffic has the best chance to win is to gun it to the lead. Like I I just don't see how he can let Authentic go around him and then take the lead and then stalk. I I think his best chance is to go for the lead, and there's some of these inside horses also can show speed. Uh, the Pletcher Money Moves, uh, King Guillermo, you know, has a fair amount of speed, so. I'm convinced that it will be a pretty fast pace. And if authentic isn't on the lead, he's going to lose ground. And I like to me that that's where you can maybe make some, get some value out of this race is just by tossing authentic. I, I agree more with everything Jay said. I, I do think the horse's distance challenge, but Baffert's pulling out all the stops. The thing where the obvious part where you where I disagree with you two in terms of the and the race shape is I'm not convinced that it's going to be a fast pace. I just have watched too many races and where the riders don't send and trying to get a mile and a quarter. They all know their horses probably aren't going to be able to get that if they press um, authentic. So I, unless they just don't care, they're not going to unless they're just a rabbit for some other horse in the race, which I don't see. I don't think the riders are going to be, they're going to be very reluctant to try to go and push on authentic early. So, and the, the favorites are probably willing to let him go because they think he's distance challenged. Um, so I, I just think he might be sneaky or get a sneaky good trip in this race, just like maximum security did last year, um, where they can slow it down on that backside and, um, you know, shorten a race from a, the, the front runner standpoint. Well, um, uh, definitely a variety of opinions. What let's all three take a guess at the over under on the quarter and the half in this race. Jay. Uh, two 
23 and 1, 46 and 4. I'd yeah. say I probably similar 23 because it's a it's a straight for the first quarter. I mean they there's no turn and they'll slow down on the turn. So yeah, like 23, 47, 23 and change, 47 and change, something like that. That's what I would predict. Well, I'm just going to piggyback on Jay's prediction. I, I that sounds about right to me. 23-1-46-4. I, I would be surprised if it's over 47 because it's the Derby, and I I I understand Chris your point of view. Like you see these races in New York where you're like, how can they run it any slower? But it is the Derby, and there's 18 horses, and 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 people are going to the, the jockeys all have to get position, so they're they're going to be using their horse a little bit at the beginning. Uh, I I totally agree with that. It used to be on the Derby, you were almost guaranteed that there would be a fast pace, um, but it, it just has changed. Riders ride differently now, um, and so I don't think it's it's as certain. And and this is not a race full of a bunch of need to lead types. So, um, you know, I, the speed horses, most of the speed horses really are sort of quality speed horses that want to win the race and they don't want to do anything really stupid, um, to, um, you know, in their, in the race. So, you know, I mean, last year they went one twelve and change for six furlongs and one thirty eight and change for the mile. And, you know, that race had, you know, I thought more speed in it than this one. So we'll see. Okay. Well, uh, we still have five days before the big race, five days to obsess and look at replays. And uh, hopefully we'll have time to do other things in our lives. Uh, thank you both for for doing the early derby pod. Uh, Jay, thanks a lot. It was really great hearing your perspective especially as a California guy who's so close to the, the horses and the trainers. Uh, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, Scott. Thanks for having me on. And Chris, it was uh, good hashing all this over with you guys. Yeah. And thanks uh, for, you know, all the coverage throughout the year of the, uh, the, you know, the Derby trail and the triple crown. I mean, you do a great job you have for years. You know, I've always enjoyed the, the Derby watch that you do. And so, you know, good work. And I know, most racing fans really appreciate that kind of coverage, get a little bit of insight on the trips and the trainers and gets a little bit of inside information that can always help. Thanks. I appreciate that. All right. That will conclude show number 80 of the sport of Kings pod. Have a great Derby week. We'll see you on Friday with another special guest to handicap the all stakes pick five and please enjoy the Brooklyn Boogaloo blowout. I'll see you on Sport of Kings. Cheers.